welcome back to the Unfolding Podcast, where we unfold the truth of God's word together to know him more. I'm your host, Katie, and I am so glad that you are here. This week, we are talking about how to read your Bible. Is there a right or wrong way to do it? How can I read my Bible if I'm a busy mom or a busy student? Are there any tips to get into the habit of reading my Bible if I'm not in the habit of reading it right now? What does the Bible say about reading the Bible? I'm really excited to talk about this episode and I really hope you learned something from it. I also just wanted to say that last week I officially announced this podcast with everybody and it was such an encouragement to me to hear all the feedback on it. I really, really, really appreciate everyone who's taken a listen and been touched by it. That's the whole goal. I want you to learn. I want you to be encouraged. And I just pray that I continue to do that. And I thank you so much for supporting me in this new endeavor and adventure. So let's talk about my lesson and gratitude for this week before we get into how to read your Bible. Alright, so my gratitude for this week is actually spending time with my mom. Last Saturday, her and I took a trip to the big city to go thrift shopping and um, go bargain hunting. And it was just a really great time to get to spend with her. She's my best local friend right now. I don't have many gal pals to hang out with and I just really treasure the time that we get to spend together one-on-one because we hang out as a family a lot but it's also nice to spend time with just her we had a lot of good conversations a lot of uh, learning and just talking through different trials and stuff as a young mom it was just a really nice time so mom I'm sure you're listening thank you for spending time with me I really appreciate it and it means a lot to me all right so my lesson for this week I had planned out this episode of the podcast last week and I wrote this section already and then today as I was cleaning my kitchen and kind of preparing mentally to record this when my boys went down for their nap I just realized I needed to talk about something differently than I had planned so it might be a little longer than usual but I have been learning all year actually to find balance with social media as a millennial who grew up in the social media world I realized I don't have good balance I would even say I'm almost addicted to it um if not addiction it's definitely a very very bad habit Um, I just scroll so much and I honestly post so much. I don't like how much I post. I've struggled with oversharing and if you follow my personal blog, you know that like this has kind of been a struggle of mine for a good while now. I took the entire month of January off of social media and I tried to set up different boundaries for myself regarding social media that just... I just have not been following through with and today I saw something that's um, really pushed me to make a bigger change with my personal Instagram account specifically. Um, I just feel like I waste so much time on there and it's a it's a personal conviction of mine to not be on social media very much and I say personal because there's a difference between like something I feel the Lord leading me to do personally and something that is in the Bible that says we are not supposed to do or something we are supposed to do. The Bible doesn't talk about social media because it's only been in existence for like the past 20 years, if that, if that long. So there's not really anything in scripture regarding it specifically. And I just feel that the Lord has really been teaching me a lesson about balance. I find that I waste time that I could be being productive. I waste the time that my kids are happy and playing content scrolling instead of 
getting something done or even just actually sitting and resting when I need to. It's just consuming so much of my life. And today I saw an Instagram account that I follow. Her name is Jill Aragüe. She's one of the hosts of the Coffee and Crumbs podcast. And she took the past four months off of Instagram, which is kind of her job, not quite. She is a blogger and a podcaster, but um, she took the past four months off and she said that she's not here because something's wrong. She's not there because something's right. And that just really stuck with me. And I just think there's more to life than social media. And I've been feeling done with with it for a while and pursuing it seriously because I was pursuing it seriously for about the past year trying to grow my personal blog and I just the Lord's just been teaching me like I don't need that and he taught me that lesson back in January and I seem to have easily forgotten it so instead of having um like just deleting it completely I have scaled back I went through and I unfollowed, oh, like probably half of the people I was following. I unfollowed them. I only follow people I actually know now. I don't, I follow maybe two to four influencers that are Christians. And my my mindset was like, if I was visiting Chicago and this person was in Chicago, would I make it a point to see them or not? And if I, if I wouldn't make it a point to see somebody, I will not follow them, follow them on Instagram (laughs) because, um, I want it to be kind of like old school Instagram where it's just a place to keep up with your friends, people you actually know. So I unfollowed a lot of, um, influencers. I made my account private and I am in the process of removing people who are following me that I don't know because I had so many people following me that I didn't know because my account wasn't private. So I'm in the process of doing that and then I'm also going to go through my Facebook friends list and really clean that as clean that out as well and follow the same rule that if you come into town and I don't make it a point to see you, I'm not going to be friends with you on Facebook because I just feel this urge to just be more private with my everyday life. And the Lord is just teaching me that I'm putting social media before him and that's not good. I realized today because I made it a very specific point to not bring my phone out of my room with me this morning. And you know what I did instead of scroll on my phone? <laughs> I caught myself praying so much more because I wasn't distracted by my phone. And the things I thought of that I would have, you know, opened my phone to look up even a verse or to text someone, I lived, you know, I lived without texting that person or looking up that verse or Googling something like I survived, <laughs> my morning and I just realized like I am not being still I'm not being still mentally or physically and a huge part of that is because I'm busying myself on social media and I'm I'm just I'm separating myself even more and maybe this will turn to me just completely deleting my account I don't know but I'm making steps that direction and it's good it's hard but it's good and I think only good is to come from being on social media less and I'm excited to see that so that's kind of the lesson that the Lord is teaching me not really a lesson from the Bible or anything just a lesson about life and personal conviction so I just encourage you that if you find yourself struggling with social media at all just really take a deep dive into why you're on social media, what you get from it, who you're following. Um, The influencers that I chose to follow were ones that I felt made me into the person 
I wanted to become, you know, like they influence me in a good way. They influence me to draw closer to the Lord or focus on my family more or give me tips for being a better homemaker. Um, So only people that bring light and life and encouragement to me are the ones on my feed now and I feel so much better about it. (laughs) I didn't need to be following like 375 people. (laughs) So that's my lesson for today. I'm going to read today's Bible verse. It is Romans 10:17 since our lesson today in this episode is all about reading our Bibles. This is the verse I chose for this week. Romans 10:17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. All right. Let's get into the rest of this episode. The first thing we're going to talk about today is what does the Bible say about reading the Bible? And it says a whole lot about the Bible, (laughs) the word of God. So um, we're going to talk about that in just a second. However, I just have to say I'm a smidge frustrated at the moment because I just recorded the intro to this episode and somehow it got added to a previous published episode And, um, there's no way to delete it from that episode. So after the ending of my last episode is the intro to this episode. So I'm going to try to figure it out, but deep breath. All right. So what does the Bible say about the word of God? And it says so much. And there are a few scriptures. I, when I was planning this, I picked out a lot of scriptures. So we're just going to see how many I decide to read in the moment. We'll see how long this takes me to get through. I don't want to rush it either. So the first one is 2 Timothy 3.16. What does the Bible say about the word of God? Here we go. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all inspiration is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture is from God. The Bible is from God and it is good for us. It's profitable. It teaches us. It corrects us. It trains us. It equips us for good work. So if anything, you read the Bible to learn and to be equipped for the tasks that God has given you. The second scripture that I decided to share with you is actually the main verse of this podcast or you know what this podcast kind of came from and that is Psalms 119 130 and it says that I got to scroll and find it here. It says the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. So the word of God is full of light and it gives us understanding. The world is confusing and it gives us understanding in the chaos. Psalms 119 is actually full of scriptures about the word of God and his commands and his statutes. So the next scripture is going to be Psalms 119 verses 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I will seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you so the word of god guards our way it keeps us from sinning against god because how can we prevent ourselves from breaking god's commandments if we aren't familiar with them so reading the word of god keeps us from sin because we know what sin is and the word of god commands us it teaches us it tells us what to do when when we don't know what to do. 
The next scripture is Matthew 4, 4. And that says, But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the man from the mouth of God. The word of God gives us life. We cannot survive in this world with only food and water. Yes, our physical bodies will survive with food and water. However, our spiritual bodies will die if we do not nourish ourselves with the word of God. The next scripture is also in Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. The word of God is eternal. There is nothing that can destroy it. It will always live. Um, in Isaiah 40 verse 8 also talks about the eternity of the word of God. It says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. We can depend on the word of God because it does not change and it will not fail us. It will not disappear. There is no man that can destroy the word of God. I believe I'm I need to fact check this, but I believe that part of Hitler's thing was getting rid of Bibles and he attempted to get rid of Bibles and he didn't succeed because the word of God is eternal. Man cannot destroy it, which is kind of cool to think about. Um, Somebody could set out and destroy some random, say Dr. Seuss. Everybody could get mad at Dr. Seuss and somebody could set out and destroy every copy of Dr. Seuss's books if they wanted to try and they could probably do it after several years of, you know, tracking down books and people who own books. It would be hard, but probably possible if one had a mind to. But the word of God could not. It is everywhere. And I think that's really cool to think about how these words that we hold in our hands are eternal. It's kind of cool. Hebrews 4.12 is the next scripture. And it says... For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is alive, is active. Um, It's hard to feel that because, you know, we just look at it and read it. We read a fiction novel and we know it's a fiction novel. We read a biography and we know that that person is actually dead now. But the word of God is alive and it does things. It's supernatural. It pierces our hearts. It divides our spirits. It discerns our thoughts and our intentions. It is alive and it can make a real impact in our life if we surrender to it and allow it to. The next verse I have found is 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 2 and 3. It says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. The word of God grows us and shapes us. It's just like any other textbook. You cannot become a doctor if you don't read the textbooks that teach you about the body and how it works and about diseases and about treatments. You can't become a doctor without that. And we cannot become like Christ if we don't read the word of God and grow and learn from it. And the word of God teaches us that the Lord is good. When we open the scripture, we see that. And it's that simple. If you want to know who God is, open your Bible and you will see that the Lord is good. We have two more scriptures. This isn't taking quite as long as I thought. So the next scripture is James chapter 1. Verses 23 and 
to 23 to 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. We are blessed when we do what the word of God says. We can't do what the word of God says unless we know what the word of God says. You need to read your Bible in order to act. The Bible calls us to act, to persevere. And when we do that, we will be blessed. And the last verse is John 1717. It says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is sanctifying, it sets us apart. And the word of God is truth. It's the truth. The world is full of deception, it is full of lies and false religions, but we can know that the word of God is truth. And I don't want to preach a sermon, so we're going to stop there with the scripture part of this uh, passage, or excuse me, with the scripture part of this episode. But um, you know how I found all these scriptures? I literally typed into Google, what does the Bible say about reading the Bible? And all of these came up and more. I just picked some of the ones that I wanted to highlight in today's episode. So if you want to know more, it's as simple as a Google Google search. You can go and put the same thing in Google and see what comes up for yourself. Um, Now we're going to talk about, is there a right or wrong way to read your Bible? Is there a right or wrong way to read the Bible? Essentially, no, not really. (laughs) Maybe if you're reading the Bible to find a reason to not believe in God, but even then I feel like if you're doing that, you're going to only find reasons to believe in God. So no, there's not really a right or wrong way to read your Bible. The Lord looks at your heart he sees your heart and he sees your intention so if you are opening your bible at whatever time of day you do it because you desire to meet with the lord because you desire to learn from him because you desire to be lifted up encouraged because you desire to renew your mind you're doing it right Are you making a clear effort to seek the Lord? Is your heart's desire to know him and commune with him? What are you looking to gain from reading your Bible? These are questions to ask to see if your heart is in the right place. If you're opening your Bible, you're doing it right. I don't think there's any formula that says, you know, if you read this many verses a day, you will have this blessing in your life that's not anywhere in the scripture god just wants you to meet with him throughout your day he wants you to meet with him in the morning he wants you to meet with him in the evening whenever you can he wants to talk to you and he wants to teach you so as long as you're not looking to just cross something off your to-do list then there's not really a wrong way to read your bible so If you're reading your Bible, you're doing it right. And there's no rules to follow specifically for that. Now, we're going to talk about just some some issues, I guess. I don't really know what to title it. Um, Excuses, maybe. Like, I'm too busy to read my Bible. Uh, The truth is, though, 
nobody's too busy to read their Bible. We all have the same 24 hours in a day and how you choose to use those 24 hours is up to you. If you really want to read your Bible in the day, you will make time for it. And you need to make time for it. If you are a Christian, you need to make time for it. Set it aside. Make it a priority to read your Bible. You know, um, if you work a 9 to 5 job, get up a little earlier and read your Bible before you go to work. Or instead of going out to lunch with your coworkers, sit and read your Bible while you eat your lunch. Um, read your Bible before bed. Go to bed 30 minutes earlier than normal and read your Bible before you go to bed. There is time for it. And reading your Bible looks different in different seasons. I've experienced this very recently. Um, There's just different seasons. When in 2019, when I was working a full-time job, we had a 30-minute commute to work and we had to be at work by 7 a.m., because my husband and I were working in a school, I didn't have time to read my Bible in the morning. Like, I would get up at 5.30 just to have enough time to, like, get dressed and ready for the day and leave for work. (laughs) So, I didn't have a lot of time to read my Bible in the morning. And now, that's different. I wake up at 5.30, 5.15, and I read my Bible in the morning um, because I can And when I was in college, I didn't have a whole lot of time to read my Bible then either. And the truth is, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't make time for it, but I know there was time for it. I just didn't make time for it. So maybe you're in a season where you're only reading your Bible for 10 minutes before you go to bed. Because your day is very full. And you know what? In certain seasons... That is enough because God meets you there, even if it's only 15 minutes during your lunch break or 30 minutes before bed or only as you like drive to work and listen to the Bible app on your phone. God meets you there. If your heart is in the right place, he will meet you there and you will get whatever he wants you to get from it. Um, He doesn't need a whole lot to teach you. He's God. He can... He will teach you what he wants to teach you in whatever ways are necessary. So if, if you're meeting there with the Lord on your drive to work, because it's the only time in your day when you have a quiet moment, because when you get home, you have a house full of kids to feed and dinner to make and uh, laundry to fold. God meets you there and he can use that time to encourage you. If, if you prioritize that, if you make it a point to do that. Um, another encouragement I have for this, I'm too busy to read my Bible excuse that I used to have and that I know some people struggle with, and that's that the more you read, the more you read. The word of God is kind of like working out. I would say when you first start going to the gym, it's hard. You don't really want to. You don't really get much from it the first couple of times. You just do it because you said you were going to do it. And you don't necessarily see the results immediately. But after the first three or four weeks of just going to the gym to cross it off your list because you said you would, because you bought the, the membership, after four weeks, you start wanting to go to the gym you start hungering for it you start getting excited to get in and get a workout in because you know it's good for you and that's how the word of god works you start off with five minutes of reading during your lunch break and after a few weeks of that you look forward to your lunch break and you will get excited to see what the bible has for you in those five minutes and then you decide to make it 10 minutes the next day and then after a while you're like you know what I think I can wake up 15 minutes earlier in the morning and read my bible then too because the more you read the more you want to read 
the more you hunger and thirst and desire for the word of God. Um, you have to start reading it, which is a huge kind of a hump to get through because when you start reading, sometimes it doesn't make sense. You don't understand it. It feels dry. You fall asleep. But once you keep doing that and once you keep being disciplined in it, then you kind of start thirsting for it and you start looking forward to it. My personal experience with that is very true. Um, Once my kids started sleeping through the night, finally, I decided to start waking up early in the morning before they woke up so that I could read my Bible. I would, I make my coffee and I sit down on my couch and I read my Bible. And the first couple times it was so hard because I was so tired and I just wanted to sleep in because my kids were finally sleeping and I just wanted to sleep in too. But I knew that it would be better for me to get up and read my Bible. And then after a week or so of just getting up and doing it, I would go to bed excited. Like, oh, I can't wait for my nice hot cup of coffee in the morning and to read my Bible and see what the Lord has for me. I can't wait to see what happens to Paul in the book of Acts next. Um, And I really started hungering for it and now it's a discipline it's something I do every day and not every day am I excited to wake up early but every day I do it and the Lord meets me there and I learn something and I'm encouraged and I start my day off right so if you aren't reading your Bible yet just start and I promise the more you read the more you read I haven't made it clear yet. I am a practical person. I love practical application. What are some actual things I can do to help me read my Bible more? So I've come up with a list. I, this like stems from reading not necessarily self-help books, but Christian books that are supposed to like encourage your life or whatever I read a few and I'm like, okay, this is a really great concept, but how do I do that practically? And they would never tell me. So I've made it a point that anything I share, I want to have practical things to actually do and put into practice to help you read the word of God. So what are some practical ways to get into God's word when you're a busy mom, when you have a a busy full-time job and a family to take care of, or a busy college student? who's working a job too and trying to balance social life, what are some practical ways to get into God's word? So first of all, just start. I am sure that you have five or 10 minutes of your day where you sit down and scroll through your phone. And instead of doing that, open your Bible app and just start reading. That's the first practical step. Just start. The second one is short devotional books. There are so many, so many different kinds. You can probably just go to Amazon and type in like daily devotional and find a bunch of different options. Um, Short devotionals I found are the great way to get you jump started and the great way to start that hunger and thirst for more because last year after I had my babies, I was a frazzled mom with postpartum depression and anxiety and I knew that I needed to get on God's word but like I was so exhausted and so overwhelmed and so anxious that sitting there to just read my bible guys was so hard I tried and I either started falling asleep or like I literally had no comprehension of what the words were coming into my brain because my brain was so muddled from exhaustion and trying to figure out how to be a mom so I started reading this like short devotion for moms it's like a hundred quiet moments or something and that was like really the jumping off point I needed to get into the word of God more deeply 
because it was just a few minutes. It had like a couple of questions at the end to help me like kind of think about the devotional a little bit more. They focused on one verse and it was a great way to spend five minutes with the Lord be encouraged and then go about the rest of my day. And then after that, I just started wanting more and more and more. So another, um, a good devotional is new morning, new morning mercies. Let me look up the author really quick by Paul David Tripp. That's a really good one. And then I think there's, an. Uh, I think it's called morning by morning devotional by Charles Spurgeon. Yeah. Morning by morning devotional. And then he also has an evening by evening devotional. There's one, there's, there's a lot. You can just uh, look up a few on Amazon, but they're a great way if you are a new Christian or you're just, um, just trying to get back into the word of God there are so many options for daily devotionals. Um, you can find some for your kids if you want to do that. Um, I know Hobby Lobby always has great ones in their like little section close to the checkout line. They always have really good ones there. But just find a short daily devotional and I know... That will be a great jumping off point. Oh, A.W. Tozer has um, some good ones too. So a short daily devotional is a great jumping off point to reading your Bible. Another practical way, and I know this one also from experience, is devotional podcasts. They are such a great way to spend time hearing the word of God. Um when you don't have a lot of time to sit and read your Bible. So if you have like a commute or something, a daily devotional podcast is great. Um, the only one I really listen to is by Chad and Tori Masters and they do a great job with it. It's only like 10 minutes at the most and they're always really practical, really encouraging devotionals. You can also find like, I like the Proverbs 31 ministries podcast they don't do daily devotionals but they have just great episodes covering a myriad of topics that will encourage you and teach you so podcasts are definitely a great way to get into the word of god when you're busy and i found they're a great addition so even if you have time to sit and read your bible listening to a podcast in the middle of your day while you're folding laundry or cooking dinner is a great way to get extra encouragement and extra uh, biblical truth in your brain because you know i mean practically do we all have time to sit and read our bibles three times a day yes we do if we make it a priority but you can also listen to a podcast and get the word of God in your brain just as well. Um, along that same line is online sermons. There are so many great preachers out there who have their sermons as podcasts or just um, pre-recorded on their website that you can listen to and watch. That's another really great way to get in the word of God and it's like extra church almost because you are hearing a sermon. Usually they're practical and it's from someone who's experienced and understands the word of God. John MacArthur is a great pastor, preacher. David Jeremiah is a great one. Tony Evans, uh, Gary, not Gary Chapman, Paul David Tripp. There's a lot of different pastors who produce podcasts. Um, of their sermons so go on the podcast app and just look for some that's a great way to get the word of God in your day another way is to um, listen on the bible app I 
personally, this isn't my favorite because I'm a visual person. And so when I listen to the Bible on the Bible app, I usually space out and drift off and start thinking about something else. But give it a try because maybe it really works for you. And you can just pick a book of the Bible and start listening to it as you fall asleep at night or um, even while you work out or do a mundane task at work. It's a really great way to hear the word of God. And it's probably better than all the podcasts we listen to that aren't uh, biblically based podcasts. <laughs> um, so another way to get into the word of God is in-depth Bible studies. Um, and these are like books that take you through a topic or even a book of the Bible and really help you dive in deep. Um, one author I really like is Kelly Minter. She has a lot of really good Bible studies. I've done the Ruth one. I've done What is Love. I've done a couple of different ones of hers and they are so good. Um, I like that it like forces you to really focus and it's better than just reading your Bible because it explains it to you. So if you're a new Christian and maybe you don't understand the Bible well, you can um, do a Bible study and they like teach you all the things you don't know. Priscilla Schreier has a lot of good Bible studies herself. These are all women's Bible studies. I don't know about men's Bible studies because I don't do men's Bible studies. <laughs> I do women's Bible studies. Um, oh, what is her name? Lisa Turkist does a lot of really good Bible studies as well. She has some books too, but she also does like in-depth Bible studies. I'm, I'm on Amazon right now just trying to find a couple of different ones. Yeah, Lisa Turkhurst, Jackie Hill Perry has a Bible study out about the book of Jude, which I think would be a great one to read. There's a plethora. I do like Beth Moore Bible studies, but she's recently... Um, oh, she reads Truth. There's a lot of good Bible studies too. Um, anyways, Beth Moore recently had some theological changes that I don't align with, so I'm not going to promote her, her new Bible studies, but she does have some old ones that are really good. Use your own discretion if you want uh, to do that. I think she has some really good truths in her Bible studies as well. So, uh, that is a great way to... get into the word of God, especially if you want to dive deep and really understand. They tend to take longer to do because they're so packed full, but I mean, that's a good thing. And you can also take them at your own pace as well. Uh, so another tip for practically getting into reading your Bible is like picking one book of the Bible, Proverbs, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Philippians, Colossians, whatever book of the Bible you want and read a chapter. So if you do the Proverbs a day thing, uh, read, read the chapter and then just pick a verse that you liked from that chapter and meditate on it and pray about it. You can also, I used to do this. I used to like pick a book of the Bible to go through and I would read maybe not a whole chapter, but like half a chapter. And as I would read, I would have my journal and I would just kind of rewrite the verse in my own words because it kind of helped solidify the truth in my brain and help me understand what this verse is actually saying. Um, let's see. I was listening to an interview with Francine Rivers, who's a Christian author recently, and she was talking about um, just like different ways that she gets into the word of God. And she says she sometimes will just write 
a book of the Bible. So when I was listening to the podcast, she said she's in the book of Romans. So she would just open her Bible and then just start writing the book of Romans word for word in her notebook. And I thought that was so cool because when we write, um, it forces us to slow down and think about what we're writing and it kind of like ingrains what we're writing into our brain. So I actually started doing that this week and it is it's really cool and it, it really does help me like slow down and think about the verses a whole lot more. I really liked that because it was so different and I had never heard of that one before. And then the last practical tip I have for you is to just do a word search and read all the verses for that word. So if you're struggling with anxiety, Google um, or like I like to go into the Bible app either on my computer or my iPad and they have like a little search bar. So if you're struggling with anxiety, you can just type in anxiety in the search bar and it will show you all the verses that mention anxiety or worry in the Bible. And you can just go and you can read all of those and see what does the Bible actually say about anxiety or, you know, anger or adultery or whatever word you want. And you can just go and read what the Bible has to say about a specific topic that maybe you're struggling with or curious about. I think that's a really great way to study the word of God too. Um, and then there's like, there's also like different apps you can use that do either daily devotionals, the Bible app has so many reading plans on there and devotionals on so many different topics. I think it's a great way to get into God's word, especially if you want, if you're struggling with a specific thing, um, like selfishness or submission or serving or whatever, you can look through their plans and they like help you keep track of it and send you notifications to help you remember the she reads truth has a lot of really good free reading plans as well i used to read those a lot when i was working during my lunch break i would just do a she reads tree uh excuse me a she reads truth reading plan on my lunch break and um oh proverbs 31 uh, ministries also has an app that they do like five minute devotionals on I'm sure there's other ones but those are just a couple and um yeah those are are just a couple my encouragement is just just to remember to just read just start it doesn't matter if you do a devotional it doesn't matter if you read in the morning or at night it doesn't matter if you read a whole chapter it doesn't matter if you read one verse and that's it just start, just read God's word. And I know it'll make a difference in your life um, because it's full of truth and goodness. And I hope that you learned something today. I hope maybe you found a new way to study the Bible that you hadn't thought of, or maybe this is the push you needed to get back into the word of God. If you haven't been reading it recently, maybe you're a new Christian and you wanted to, to read your Bible, but you didn't know where to start. Um, I just pray that it's encouraged you. And next week, I think we're going to start talking about prayer. And um, we're going to be going through a devotional on prayer and talking about prayer. I'm pretty sure. I'm not exactly sure. So don't hold me to that. But that's what I'm planning on right now. I pray this podcast was an encouragement to you and uh, we're going to close out with a word of prayer. Before we pray, I just wanted to say that first of all, I would appreciate your prayers for this podcast because the spiritual warfare I face on Fridays when it comes to recording an episode is real and intense. I 
always have something come up. Like my attitude is either really sour and I'm like, I don't want to record. I'm not in a good mood to talk about the word of God. Or I just have a really frazzled day or I think of like 10 things I should probably do instead. And I know that it's because this podcast is being used for good. And this podcast is something God wants me to do. So Satan is fighting me hard on it and he's not going to win. So I just would appreciate your prayers on this podcast. Also, I would just encourage you to follow my Instagram page at the unfolding co to get daily encouragement in the word of God and updates on everything. Um, make sure to save this podcast to your Spotify or Apple podcast library, rate it, write a review and share it with your friends. It would mean so much to me. Thank you so much for listening and let's close out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the encouragement I received last week in regards to this podcast, Lord. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about your word, Lord, and talk about the truth of your word and hopefully help somebody understand something that they didn't understand before, Lord. I pray that you would encourage every single person that listened to today's episode to go and open their Bible if they haven't yet or if they haven't in a long time. I pray that they would realize that the Bible is our lifeline. It's our connection to you. It's how you speak to us, Lord, and it's full of goodness and truth and light and life and we need it. We desperately need your word, Lord. I pray that they would just be encouraged to to seek you out in their everyday life through your word in whatever way they find uh, the most simple, Lord. I pray that if anybody listened to this podcast today that didn't know you, Lord, that you would put a hunger and thirst in them to come to know you, Lord, and that they would put their trust in you. Thank you again for your goodness and thank you for your word. I pray that you would bless this week, bless this podcast, and let it be used for your honor and your glory. Amen. Thank you.